Now, I started, I think it's been four Wednesday nights since I preached. I can't even remember the last Wednesday night I preached. We had Christmas, and Caleb, I had a week off. We had Caleb, then we had our ugly Christmas sweater Wednesday fellowship. And uh, if you remember, the last time I preached, we started back, I'm re-preaching something due to, and I've only done this a couple times, I've done it on the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and... um, I believe this may be the only other thing I may have re-preached, but this is on generational curses, blessings and curses. Um, I was meeting with somebody this week talking about there is consequence to our sin. God gives us grace, there is mercy and grace, but when we go out here and sin, there is a consequence to that sin. We do not want to live under what what I like to call greasy grace, where we can go out here and do whatever we want and then come to the altar and repent and think we're going to get away with it. We're not. There is consequences to sin. And if if a man or a woman goes down the road of adultery, let me tell you, there is a path that that person's going to go on. It talk, the, the master, it talks with about the master and the unforgiving servant. The, uh, the master freed the, the servant of a huge debt that he could never repay. Do you remember? And what did the servant that got free, uh, free do? He went and called a debt on somebody under him that was worth nothing. It was little. And the guy said, please, I will pay. Just give me a moment. Have mercy on me. And what did the guy that had just gotten free do? He went and called the law and had him chained up and put into chains and took to pay his debt. Well, the master heard about it, and what did he do? It says that he sent him to the torturers. Now, that's what happens when we don't forgive. Now, I want you to know that when the master sends us, when the master does the sending, there's no way out other than fulfilling what the master's plan is. The only way of getting out out from under the master sending us to the torturers is forgiveness. You can play games with man all day long, but you can't play games with God. So, through Elizabeth and my dealings with people and families that come up here for prayer and for issues and have issues in their life, so many times you can see historical challenges in their life. This, uh, how, many, how many times, I can't tell you how many times I have met men whose dad died at 50-something, his dad died at 50-something, His dad died at 50-something from heart disease. Now he's got heart disease and he's thinking he's going to die at 50-something. Whatever. And it's to the year. Let me tell you, there's a pattern. Somebody wake up, there's a pattern. And you don't have to come under that pattern. I read in God's Word, I don't have to come under that pattern. I've got my own pattern. My pattern is based on Jesus Christ and the covenant that I've made with Him. But I've got to get free of it. Because it happened to my daddy, it happened to his daddy, it happened to his daddy. Well, somebody better make a change. So, I I, I hate, I don't hate, that's a hard word. It's hard sometimes in preaching to bring a a negative doom and gloom type message. But some people won't, there's no other way to reach them but by scaring the hell out of them. Now, I, don't, I don't mean that ugly. I don't mean that vain or uh, um, in any other way other than some people respond that way. 
I've got two children. One responds by rewards. One, one responds by what's the punishment? What do I get? The other one responds by what'll happen. You know what? That's fine. I'll tell you both. You don't care about what you get. You care about what you're going to get. You don't care about what you're going to get. You care about what kind of punishment you're going to get. This one cares about what's the reward. Well, God gives both. God gives both. So sometimes we've got to go and talk about the negative. And I want you to know the church needs to still preach that we need to not sin and we need to repent. It's not all about finances and it's not all about grace. And, you know, it is good. But sometimes we need to hear, you need to stop sinning. (laughs) All right. I didn't know anybody would like that. All right. Now, when we start going down this road of curses and blessings, now I'm just going to tell you, for the next two or three weeks, we're just going to be getting some information about curses. And if you go and look, look through people that are around you and then go back to the Word of God, you're going to find that a lot of times curses follow with families. Have you ever noticed that someone that suffers with depression, a lot of times their family members suffer with depression? Have you ever noticed that people that suffer with bipolar, their family members had suffered with bipolar? Have you ever noticed how, how diseases seem to follow families around? Can anybody wake up and see there's something chasing after us? I believe curses relate to family. So, you know, I, I think so many times that we see that things go in opposite, like hot and cold and strong and weak. So let's look real quick at what's the opposite of curse. We know what it is. It's blessing. So we're going to look at both. What's the nature of them? When you think about a curse or a blessing, what is always associated with both? It's a spoken word. In order for me to bless you, I'm going to bless you by something that I say. In order for me to curse you, I'm going to curse you by something that comes out of my mouth. Anybody here ever been cursed by somebody, that, what they came out of their mouth? I don't mean they said, I curse you. Well, uh, let me tell you, the red flags will go off and I'll be, I'll be like, well, n- No. But sometimes people say things over you like, you are stupid. You'll always be stupid. Your dad was stupid. You're stupid. Now, forgive me. But you'll never amount to nothing. Not you. Not you, John. You're going to amount to something. You great, man. But you have, have you had a parent? Have you had a teacher? Have you had somebody that has spoken something over you and it has chased you your whole life? Well, what we're going to start doing is start to uncover the way to come out from under curses. It says in the word of God that Jesus came to be the curse for us. He took everything that we try to hang on to and we let attached to us and he took it to the cross. It has been taken to the cross, but we have to access it. We have to access it. Blessings and curses are words spoken with some particular form of spiritual power or authority, either good or evil, that sets in motion something that will probably go on from generation to generation. Two examples of, uh, of blessings. The first is a blessing that God has said himself. The second is one that a man of God has said with God's authority. We'll see in both cases of blessings and curses... There is an authority which is exercised directly by God or there is an authority exercised by man on behalf of God or it's been exercised on behalf of Satan. 
But always behind the words is some spiritual authority. Now, Genesis chapter 22, if you've got your Bibles, let's just turn there real quick. And I'll just tell you, a few weeks ago, I'm kind of completely recapping what we did a couple weeks ago. But we've slept since then. We've had holidays since then. We've had family members in since then. We have, uh, we have uh, we've been through a lot in a month. Genesis chapter 22. And this is where the, the Lord blesses Abraham. Abraham had been instructed by God to bring his son Isaac and offer him as a sacrifice. And he had complied. But at the last moment, the angel of the Lord spoke from heaven and told him that he didn't need to kill his son. And he had provided a ram and a thicket, which he was told would go in the place of Isaac. And it says, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. And said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing, I will not withhold and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will multiply your seed. Now, I want you to, I want you to catch something here. Two things. He blessed Abraham for one reason. He was obedient. He was completely obedient. But what I want you to see is what Abraham put on the, what he sacrificed, God didn't just bless, he multiplied. You want God to multiply something of yours, give it to him. Sow it to God. Do you see? Because you've done this thing I will, and have not withheld your son, your only son, indeed I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed. If you want something multiplied, offer it to God. If we continue on, verse 16. Verse 16. Because you've done this thing and not withhold your son, your only son, I indeed will greatly bless you and I will multiply your, your seed as the stars of the heaven and the sands on which the, sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies and your seed and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you obey. Why? Because you obeyed my voice. Let me tell you, so many things will go right for you if you will obey. They will go good. Then you can, when you come under the word of God and you walk out the word of God, and it doesn't say you've got to do it perfectly. God, said, God knows you're not perfect. But when we are obedient to his word and our heart is toward obedience, then we can claim, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Not only will we be claiming it, that's what we will be. Why? Because God will do that in your life. Because you obeyed my voice. If we went back to verse, the end of verse 17, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite prayers for families that are battling with family members, with children. I will greatly multiply your seed, and your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. When I'm obedient to God, and when I serve, when I serve the Lord in an obedient way, and I lead my family in a way that God would have me lead, then my seed shall possess the gates of the enemy. That means when the gates of the enemy approach my four children, my children are going to possess those gates. They're going to take ownership of those gates, and they're going to blow those gates out of the way. 
they're going to have success and not failure when they face the enemy. My seed, say my seed, shall possess the gates of the enemy. That's a promise when a parent comes up here to pray for the child and the child's not up here, the child's outrun off somewhere. You know what? I, we've got a promise for you, parent. This is a promise for you, parent. And you're going to see, even as we continue on, that there is still spiritual authority over the parent to the child. I don't mean that the parent's telling the child what to do anymore when you've got a grown child, but there is spiritual authority to be spoken over that child by the parent. Do you hear me, dads? Your words out of your mouth will remain powerful until you breathe your last breath. They'll remain powerful either in the positive or in the negative. Moms, your, your mouth, your words will remain powerful until you breathe your last breath. Even after you've breathed your last breath? <laughs> well, I can't speak for that. We're not there yet. I don't know how much talking I'll be doing. I don't really know. All I know is I'm going to be worshiping the Lord in his face. Yeah. Okay, all right. Your words are important. And they're powerful. And they move heaven. Moms and dads, think about what you're saying over your kids. Think about what you're saying over your kids. The great deciding factor, oh, he already took it back down is because you obeyed my voice. Now let's look at where a man pronounces a blessing on behalf of God. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 27. Genesis 27. Genesis 27. This man, Isaac, you know, this whole story is, is pretty funny. Even though he's blessing his son, Jacob, he thinks he's blessing Esau. But what I want to point out is once the blessing had come out of his mouth, there was no reversing it. How many of you know that the words that you've said, so many times you'd like to have them back, but you can't? with a spouse, in a job, in a relationship, in an, in an email. You can't have it back. It's gone. It's there. He knew that what he had spoken was not just his wishes, that he had been the mouthpiece of God. Even though he thought he had his hands on a different child. But he was spiritual enough to know that he couldn't undo what he had done. He couldn't unsay what he had said. Have you ever, have you ever been ministering to someone or praying with someone and something came out of your mouth that you know did not come from you? That the Lord spoke directly through you. It's, it was never a thought you had ever had. 
It was never anything you had ever taught, but the Holy Spirit spoke directly through you. He thought what he was saying, he was saying to one son, but he was saying to the other. Genesis 27, 27. So he came close and kissed him, and when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord had blessed him. Can you imagine identifying your child by the way they smelled? <laughs> I think about that with my four. I don't know. I think I probably could. Not that any of them stink. They don't. But it's what they're into. You know, I just know they're all into different things. But I can't see you, so I'm going to smell you. Genesis 27, verse 28, Now may God give you the dew of the heaven and the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers. And may your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you. And blessed be those who bless you. Notice here in, this, uh, in these words, the blessing and the curses there. And then here comes Esau. And Isaac realizes his mistake. Verse 33, then Isaac trembled violently. He trembled violently because he knew the weightiness of what had just happened. Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate all of it before you, before you came and blessed him? Yes, he shall be blessed. In other words, he's saying there is nothing I can do about it. It's gone. It's irrevocable. It's going on from generation to generation, and it's going to determine the course of history. I would argue to say that things that were said over your parents' parents' parents has tried to continue all the way on into you. And unless we break that, it will continue on until it gets broken. And let me tell you, there's no other way to break it but by the blood of Jesus. And if you'll stay with me, if you'll hang with me for three or four weeks, we're going to break some curses in your life. Uh, Elizabeth and I have gone through it two or three times in our life. Um, just because all of a sudden a, a determining factor will show up. What do you call it? A presenting issue that would say, wait a minute, that shouldn't be here. Can you imagine go, going home and having, some, having a squatter sitting out in your yard and camping out out there and never leaving? Now, wouldn't you, make, wouldn't you go make a, wouldn't you do something? You know what a squatter is? Just somebody that's just going to take up residence at your place and not leave. But yeah, think about how you would react if you showed up at home and somebody was there that shouldn't be there. You'd get them out. Well, sometimes in your life as you're walking and as you start to get into God's Word, you know one reason why we need to be in God's Word? So we know what shouldn't be in our life. You know, if you don't get identified what shouldn't be there, you'll think it should be there. Did that make any sense? Part, part of learning from God's ways is recognizing what is not God's ways. What's not part of my covenant? What is not my promise? My promise is not to die early, it's to live long. 
Well, what goes with that promise is honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon this land. It's the first, uh, the first commandment with a promise. Well, okay. I, well, I need to honor my mom and dad. Why? Because I want that blessing. God didn't tell me that blessing so that I would think, oh, I'm not going to be selfish, so I'm just not going to honor my mom and dad. Because then if I honored my mom and dad, then I'd be selfish and I'd be trying to get God's blessing. No, God wants to bless you. That's a, that's a reversed way of thinking and causing you to miss, miss God's blessing. God wants to bless you in a lot of ways. Do it his way. So if you'll hang in there with me to the end, we are going to get free. And you're going to be surprised how things will attach to you. So he trembled violently and said, who was it then? Okay, uh, let's see. So let's read the blessing. Uh, 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 Genesis 27, 39, and I'm going to need to wrap things up. Then Isaac, his father, answered him and said, no, wait, no, wait a minute. You remember what Esau said? Bless me, Dad. Surely you got something. Do you remember? My brother just got my blessing. My brother just got my blessing. What about me? So what, is, what does Isaac do? What does the dad do? He reaches down in the bottom of the bag and tries to find something. What is there? Okay, come here, Esau. And I know Isaac's thinking, this isn't going to be pretty. Esau's thinking, just give me something. Isaac's thinking, you don't know what you're asking for. But okay. His father answered him and said, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. And away from the dew of heaven from above, meaning, meaning you will live in the deserts, which is true today of the Arab nation, all the way up until now. Uh, Genesis 27, verse 40. And by your sword you shall live. Can you imagine as a dad saying that? Genesis 27, 40. And your brother shall serve you. He's not done. <laughs> if I were Esau, I'd think, Dad, it's all right. That's enough. I'm going to go back and... Find something else to do. Go ahead and stop. But your brother you shall serve, but it shall come about when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. We're confronted with the fact that words spoken in blessings or curses when they have behind them spiritual authority determine the course of history from generation to generation. It's another huge reason, church, why you need to be in the Word so that when you bless your child, you bless them according to God's Word. You don't bless them according to your Word or according to the world. You bless them according to God's Word. I mean, that just puts pressure on me as a man to make sure I'm full of God's Word so that when I lay hands on my wife for healing or I lay hands on my children for blessing that the right words come out, not the wrong ones, because my words have power. Not just because I'm a pastor, because I'm a father, because God's given me spiritual authority over some. Proverbs 26, 2. Like a sparrow when it's uh, flitting, like a swallow when it's flying, so a curse without cause does not alight. What that means is wherever a curse lands or settles, there's a cause for. That's what we'll be dealing with in determining two things. Is there a curse? And if so, what is the cause? Talking to somebody this week over just battling, just battling life and battling, honestly, sin and not being able to get free of it. 
And what, as I was talking to this person, I said, we've got to get to the root. What's the cause? We know what the problem is. What's the cause? Do you care enough about what the cause is? Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who will dig and find out what's my cause because I am messed up. Okay, God says, okay, I can use you. I'll show you. Get in my word, get in my fellowship, get in my body, and I'll show you, and I'll clean you out. And I mean good. I don't mean bad. I mean good. I'll get you completely free. Let's see. I need to, I need to stop. Hang in there with me. Give me about another five minutes. Let me give you some examples of curses. This is a curse spoken by God himself out of his word, directly from the mouth of God, or sometimes these curses are by man as a mouthpiece of God. So let's go back to Genesis 12, and I'll, I'll end with this one. The Lord's promise to Abraham. It's a sevenfold promise. And as we read this, I want to see if you can find them. And I'm going to hold up. I'm going to tell you as we go. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And number one, I will make you a great nation. Now, what does this have to do with today? What does the blessing of Abraham have to do with today? It says in Galatians that we are a seed of Abraham. Okay, Abraham's promise is our promise. Do you hear me? This is what we stand on. When we are obedient and we follow God's word, we need to know what we are supposed to stand on so that when something else comes at us that does not meet what God's word says, we got to fight that off. Number one, and I will make you a great nation. Number two, I will bless you. Number three, and make your name great. Number four, and so you shall be a blessing. Number five, and I will bless those who bless you. And number six, and the one who curses you I will curse. And number seven, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. If you remember, what is the one thing that releases this blessing? Obedience. Obedience. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you I will curse. It goes into the singular there and becomes individual. I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I, God, will curse. Two different, two different words for curse there. It's the one who reviles you will come under my curse. Very frightening when you think how the world is today of people who are uh, reviling the chosen descendants of Abraham or anti-Semitism. Let me tell you, be careful what you're saying out of your mouth. How many times have I, has somebody said something I thought, you know, if I'd even thought that, I wouldn't have said it. How many times have you said something like, man, I should have just kept that to myself. That really sounded bad when that came out. What's in your heart? We need to determine our hearts, our attitudes, our family background because the church is riddled with, with, with stuff coming out of their mouth. I'm going to end right here. This is, uh, I, I said I was going to end, but I'm really going to end this time. Deuteronomy 27.15 Curses the man who makes an idol or molten image an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman, and sets it up in secret, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. This is number one. 
This is number one. Um, First and primary cause of all curses, turning away from the true Lord and from his worship and turning to the occult or having dealings with other gods. I I want you to know that one of the main issues, and I I just wanted to let this one out tonight, of curses is the occult. Say, Pastor, I've I've never been in dealt in witchcraft and dealt in the occult. Well, has your parents? Has your parents' parents? Have they? Because let me tell you, that one chases your families around and around and around. And I've told y'all, this is part of my testimony, I have been a part of the occult. I have been a part as a second grader doing a seance on a child, levitating someone. I knew it was wrong. I didn't know really what I was doing, but I knew this is not what I was brought up to do. But I couldn't get out of it. I didn't know what to do. So I participated in it. I'm telling you, the occult... At some point, generation to generation, we have turned from God and have have done the wrong thing. It's okay. It's in every family. But we need to break free of it. We need to get free of it. And we need to renounce it out of our mouth. Now, we're not going to go through it tonight. But if you feel like that maybe you've got some generational things that are happening in your life, I want you to sit down with your spouse and pray and plead the blood of Jesus and start to renounce these things out of your mouth. Now, we're going to go through steps later, but don't wait until then. I believe the mercy of God, I believe it takes your heart, and I believe even if you don't go through the right step, the mercy of God will kick in and free you today. So don't wait any longer. If you've got a history of cancer, if you've got a history of heart disease, if you've got a history of bipolar or mental illness or depression or whatever, don't wait any longer. Come to the the throne of God. Come to the cross of the Lord and say, okay, God, I don't really know how to do this, but the pastor said for me to come to you and I just break whatever in my family there may be, whether it's the occult, whether, I don't, know, I don't know what to say it is, God, but your word says that you became the curse for me and today I break that in Jesus' name. There's no other name powerful enough to break anything going on in your life but the name of Jesus and we break this today. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe your parents were divorced and their parents were divorced and there's divorce all over you. Well, it's time to get divorce off of you. Now, I'm getting a little fired up. Somebody get passionate for Jesus. And quit dealing with letting Satan have rule over your life. Cut it out. Quit it. That's what I said in, in a meeting this week. Quit. Stop it. Quit doing that. And walk this thing out. And I'll walk with you. Let's go. And you know your challenges? I got challenges. Walk with me. Let me tell you some of my challenges. And let's do this together. Pride's going to keep you from getting out of your hole. Get out of your hole. All right, stand up with me and let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I break any curse that may be on anybody that's here tonight, Lord. Lord, I just take whatever, whatever authority that you give me as the man of God over this congregation. And Lord, what, uh, Jesus, you made a way so that we don't have to go through another man anymore. But today, Lord, I just speak a blessing. I just speak with the authority that you've given me, Lord. Blessing over this church and not a curse. And Lord, whatever curses or whatever shadows may be following this body that's here tonight, Lord, I ask you to reveal it. 
to give this, these men and women the courage to stand up and say, no more. I plead the blood of Jesus to that. I take that to the cross. Jesus, you took it to the cross. Now let it go. Let it, let it be gone and cast into the sea. Heart disease, um, mental illness, depression, cancer, infirmity, sickness, um, your mind not being able to learn, um, you feeling dumb about yourself, uh, self-control. Uh, what can I say? You'd say it. What is it? Say it. I know you don't have to say it, but I'm just telling you. Get it out. Spirit of rejection. In Jesus' name, be broken. This be a church that binds what Satan's trying to do and loose what God wants to do in our life. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for the tongue and the interpretation tonight, Lord, that we would sing. That I think that word is that we would get it out of our mouth, that we would let the word of God get in and get out of our mouth, start speaking and singing your word and your blessing and your praise. Now, Lord, bless us. Lord, I pray for we're, we go into a leadership meeting right here, right when we end. In Jesus' name, let your kingdom come and your will be done over this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great night. If you need prayer, come on down here. I want to pray with you.